0: All right, man. Recording has started. We're going to rock and roll right into it. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Fortitude Radio, everybody. We're joined by a couple of guests today. We have Mr. Ron White, Mr. Matt Gallo. If you guys paid attention over the last month, you would have seen that I had an opportunity to be on their podcast, Mind Heart Muscle. So I definitely want to get into how you guys started that endeavor, um, because you've had a lot of pretty dope guests on there. And you said you started about a year, year and a half ago.
1: So one day, I don't know if this was during the time that we were already recording, or this is going to give you an example of Matt and I's friendship. Uh, I get a text one day from Matt, and it just says yes or no. And I respond yes, <laughs> and he says uh, uh, I'm gonna remember that, and and that's and that's uh, that's how Matt and I uh, that's how our friendship works. So um, Matt started this little project where he got a small group, what like seven to ten of us was it, Matt? And he sent us a weekly email, and each. Each time was like some tasks to complete and stuff like that. And after a few weeks, I was the only person left. (laughs) And um, from there, you know, we started having conversations. And then he's like, we should record this. And that was how, at the time, Life Below Parallel got started. And then we faded off for a period. And then he started recording. like he did like one solo episode. And then we got to talking and we started recording again.
0: That's awesome. Matt, what was the uh, like the cohort the group? Is it like a little mastermind? Where is this the program that you were that I know about that you were doing uh, previously? It was actually um, the coaches that were at my gym, plus
2: uh, a few coaches and um, gym owners that I knew. We had a couple of friends. So just to back up, Ron and I met 2016 at uh, Northeast Regionals, CrossFit Northeast Regionals. Um, We were were judging at the time. Mm. Best job at the games, by the way. Um, I could say I took the floor at the games or at regionals. Right. Yeah. Um, um, got to know Ron over those years and got to know a lot of other people, man, the, the people that judge at regionals are, they love this stuff and they, they love the methodology and they, they're, they're just like us. They're all either gym owners or just super caring and impactful coaches. And that was just something that, uh, mattered to me so 2019 is when i took over my my gym from the previous owners we bought we bought the gym and i was uh looking for a way to inspire and and teach the staff um, how to keep themselves motivated accountable and, and thinking a little bit differently so started this weekly challenge it was a task something to think about like a purpose-driven task one of them was like call an old friend take a break from your everyday thing um, things like that and then it was a workout and it was a mindful kind of workout you know I, I remember doing them you know barefoot in the dark sometimes just for fun and then they would uh they would go on in a, an Excel sheet, put their, put their score in, score loosely because I didn't really care for the score, just that they did it and then a check mark. Um, and there were a few people that did it consistently and then toward the end, it was six weeks of that. Ron and I had, uh, had just started talking. I didn't know where I was going with this, no idea. <laughs>
1: Dude, that's um, how the best things start.
2: yeah, yeah, I just I was like, hey, this is cool. And we had we had people from from all over the place doing it. Our buddy Kyle, he's up in uh, Mass Massachusetts. my buddy Jason who's who was in New Jersey at the time, Ron's out in Pennsylvania. Um, so a large area was covered and I, you know we knew that we had uh, some influence and we knew that we had our network and And we started by talking about those tasks that we did which turned into a conversation about values values around what it means to be a good coach and then what it means to be a good person and then we started interviewing people who shared those values and and that's how it really exploded and i mean we've interviewed 30 40 people at this point um CrossFit seminar staff, authors, doctors, physical therapists, active life staff, you really, really just amazing people who we believed lived the values that we were cultivating. Mm -hmm. Um, That was that was Life Below Parallel. That was the name of the, the show. That was the name of the organization. And then it transformed and here we are.
0: That's awesome. As things do. Yeah, man. You have to evolve, right? For sure. You had mentioned um, engaging in a lot of these conversations around values, right? Getting good coaches and good people. My question around that is, do you believe that there is a world where you can have someone who is a good coach and not a good person? Oh. Ron, you like,
2: you, you should answer that.
1: Why are you telling me I'm not a good person? No. <laughs> yeah, you, man. Uh, I mean, I, I lived it. I lived it at one point in my time where, you know, I was, I was a good coach in the terms of uh, being able to deliver what uh, people needed from me. Um, in the terms of you know could I teach an air squat yep I could teach an air squat I could I was personable i uh, you know I could make people laugh I could make people smile I could encourage them and then behind closed doors I was cheating on my wife and uh, that eventually led to me getting fired from the first gym that I worked at and then, then it eventually led to the divorce and uh, and it you know it I, but people were still telling me that I was good at what I did. So yeah, you can be a good coach and not be a good human. It's possible because I know firsthand.
0: How? What was the, what made you shift? What? Where was the awareness, the identification that, yeah, there's something in how I'm operating day to day? Was there a moment, was it an accumulation of events?
1: My ex-wife looked at me dead in the eyes and told me she was tired of getting yelled at. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment that I knew I needed to change. And, and and, you know, none of us are perfect, uh, but that was the moment where I changed. And that was the moment where I started living my life by the values that matt and i talk about on a daily basis i just didn't know it i didn't have titles to it at the time it was just all feeling at the time it was like okay this feels right i'm gonna go in this direction this feels wrong i'm gonna avoid that um and yeah it's just that's all that's, that's how i have to put it it was a feeling it was just a complete mindset shift that uh, in order to be the person that I wanted to be and it really came down to that well this relationship is ending and obviously I'm going to want another one at some point in time and I never want to make another person feel that way so I knew I had to be different moving forward so I started educating myself on relationships that was like the first thing with, uh, my personal development was, you know, relationships. I I read the five love languages and started listening to, uh, whatever relationship podcasts I could find. And, um, and then it grew into leadership and, um, and self-help. Honestly, I've read a bunch of self-help books and yeah.
0: What that, that educating yourself in, in the relationship piece. What I'm noticing is is a through line, just in the very beginning of our conversation of of awareness, right, identifying, here are the pieces or that I need to correct, bolster up, make stronger, fortify whatever word you'd like to use there. What in that initial education phase on the relationship part? What was the greatest takeaway for you from that?
1: understanding i'm going to go right to the five love languages the understanding that what makes me feel good does not mean that it those things also make my partner feel good Mm. and that something that's important to me like a like a 10 for me could be a one for them and and learning how to navigate that on the the differences. Mm. You know, uh, the girlfriend that I had uh, following the divorce, um, the time that we spent together, the quantity of time that we spent together was not important to her at all, um, where it was for me, Mm. you know? So I had to figure out what was important to her to be able to spend that time. You know, what, how, how do I get that? How do I make that happen, you know? And, uh, and, and that was a, a big takeaway, you know? Like, did, even though that relationship ended, there was a lot of points where that relationship was a very good relationship. And, and it wasn't an issue of neither of us trying, you know, to make it work. It just wasn't right. And that's the thing is like, if, if two people are putting in effort and it's the, and, and it feels good, that's, you know, you know where to put in the effort. That's what makes relationships work.
0: There's an important part in there, right? That, that it can end and still be good.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So I think about, um, you know, in the context of business or in the gym, I don't know, have you have either of you ever had partners in uh, in business, besides what you're doing right now? Do you still? I do. I do not. Got it. I had two partners when we started Fortitude Strength. And those relationships, business relationships and personal relationships, to an extent did not end very well because there was, we were out of alignment with our values, right? The things that were important to them were not important to me and vice versa. And not having that awareness from the beginning was one of the sticking points and the things that we just, we couldn't get over and reconcile. What part of the you had mentioned something that I'm very interested in from both of you actually, you know, the the start improving before it's perfect, right? Before you have all of the information, all of the understanding, you know, every single step, you can identify this is where I want to improve. And I see that as a theme, Matt, from you in, in Thrive. And Ron, I hear that as a theme from you in life what, uh, what's the catalyst? Why is it important to start making the move towards air quotes better before you understand what that actually is? Hmm. That's a great question.
2: If you had all the answers, wouldn't life be easy?
1: The funny thing is that you knew
2: exactly what to do, right?
1: (laughs) The the funny thing there is though, is we, we have all the answers, man. It's all written down. The people, (laughs) the people who have been here before us, it's just, it's just willingness to go and dig for the information.
2: The, the catalyst there is, um, it's ownership over your own success. And 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 the awareness of you know where you're at. We talk a lot about and in in uh in our podcast and in our coaching course, we talk a lot a lot about meeting people where they're at and the importance of getting down to their level when you're coaching someone and helping them find their way up. The same would apply for yourself the and ron made a r- really great point in that in the when he was talking about his um, girlfriend after his divorce how he realized that he needed to find a way to spend more time while fulfilling her needs taking ownership over the, the situation taking ownership over his own fulfillment rather than putting the blame and playing the victim. And and oftentimes people will look at um, their future in the same regards or things that they want to accomplish their goals. Um, once I get to here, then I'll start run once I'm fit enough, then I'll start CrossFit, right? We got to start somewhere. And, and I'm a big shoot from the hip kind of person. And, and kind of, as long as i'm aiming in the right direction hey someone's gonna guide me eventually (laughs) if i ask the right questions if i find the right people and if i continue and i'm if i'm consistent and that's what's important just the consistency and and uh and you you never know (laughs) where you're gonna end up and that's the funny part about it i didn't like ron when i first met him now we're best friends (laughs) You just, you just take these leaps, leaps of faith with a little bit of inkling of information and understanding and, and courage for sure. And then, and you own it regardless, success, failure,
0: it's all the same learn from it. Is that the same experience for you, Ron?
1: So I'm going to play this question a little differently and, uh, and say for me, it's it's uh, it's what I learned through martial arts training, and mm. and that's just you know when you, when you start to learn something, you 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 don't know it, and if you truly want to learn it, you just gotta keep putting in the reps, putting in the reps, putting in the reps, and sometimes sometimes you're not getting it right, and being close enough to being right will help you refine that over time. And, you know, I, um, I grew up riding BMX and then I, I shifted over into martial arts in my like mid twenties. and And both of those things revolved around repetition. The only way I learned tricks on my bike was to just keep doing them over and over and over again until I could do them every single time. The only way I ever learned how to successfully apply an arm bar was doing arm bars over and over and over again until, until it was muscle memory. And the same goes, the same goes with personal growth, with, um, you know, with exercise, with nutrition, you just, you're going to screw it up at some point. You just keep going. You know, um, I, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say it, like when when uh, people ask him about um, creating content, you, you just got to keep doing it. Matt and I have talked about this where Matt had felt that the podcast wasn't that good. And I was like, the only way that we're going to get better at it is to keep doing it. It doesn't matter whether it's good now. Of course, it's not good. This is the beginning. We're freaking infants in this shit. Like we're going to have to crawl before we walk. We're going to have to walk before we run. And we're going to have to run before we try to win a race. And and it's all, like, I live my life around repetition. You're not going to get things right until you try over and over and over again.
0: That's that's important. And part of what you're, <clears throat> where my mind goes when you bring, um, when both of you bring these themes up, up is that you have to learn at your own pace, right? Maybe a better way to frame that is I can tell you that it sucks to get punched in the face, but you don't know how bad it sucks to get punched in the face until you get punched in the face yourself.
1: Real talk.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, you ever been it's, punched in the face, Cody? Yeah, it's my least favorite thing in the world. I would take I would take anything rather than getting punched in the face repeatedly. It is by far my least favorite. Um, we were I was having that conversation with somebody in the pro path just recently. Um, they were talking about making a shift towards um, creating you know higher value. And by value, I mean something that costs more money and also helps them make a greater impact on people, help the right people for the right reasons, right? Actually solve problems and create solutions rather than just be another place to work out. And their struggle was and is that um, it's hard because there's a loud minority that doesn't like the new direction or the new things that they're implementing you know the uh, the OGs the hardcore crossfitters the ones who started between 2015 2018 they 2009. just won- yeah 2009 those are those are OGs yeah that's even 2009 that's when crossfit was still in in its relative infancy right on the global scale i'd say it it hit that peak where everyone kind of knew people were watching the games it was starting to get on espn 14 16 15, 17, somewhere in there. And everybody was going to the games. I don't know about you guys, but when I I think I started late 13, 14, it was the next year I'm going to regionals. (laughs) And everybody seemed to carry that mentality um, that started around that time. And looking back, those individuals who were into the super hard workouts, the bury yourself every day, they were the loudest minority out of the entire group. And it was a culture that we created. So the advice that uh, you know, I had given to them was, if you change, like you have the, you have the same right to grow that you give your clients. You can grow, you can change, you can adapt, you can create something better. That's really what you're trying to do for them. And when you make that change, you may no longer be the right place for them. And that's okay. There doesn't have to be any hard feelings. It doesn't have to be like a bad breakup. Sometimes you change and the people who were in your life or in your business are not the same people that will like what you're doing moving forward. You got to grow. With that growth, I found a tremendous amount of value in having uh, what's called a white belt mentality. Right? Have you ever heard of that term, Matt?
2: We've used it quite a few times. Yeah.
0: What does that mean to you?
2: You're gonna get good at something eventually if you maintain that. When I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it was the worst, worst experience. And I didn't go back for a year and a half. <laughs> the one time I went. And then and then I fell in love with it because I changed, I, I gained that white belt mentality. Still a white belt, two and a half years later. Um and what it means is you're accepting the fact that there's going to be some, something you don't know. You make, an, you make an assumption and and this is one of the few cases where assuming is, is okay. Assume that other people know more than you about something. Assume that there's more to learn. Assume that you can improve once you, man, I quote Greg Glassman a lot, but he says he had this great quote. Um, once you believe you've mastered um, the, basics. the basics, begin anew this time with a different perspective. And, and I've, I've aligned myself around that for the last few years, um, approaching... Everything. And and there was a point in three three years, I just renewed my my CrossFit level three. Um, Three years ago, I got it. Today, actually. And I remember immediately when I got certified, right? I was like, holy shit, I'm a certified CrossFit trainer. There's like a few hundred people in the world that can say that. And, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to go on the seminar staff. So I interned for the seminar staff, did a few internships, and I was cocky as fuck. My ego was way up here. I thought I was so good. Uh, and I was. Hey, man, I was making an impact. You know, I could coach the shit out of a, out of a snatch or an air squat. And, and I, I went um, to, I traveled. I you know, drove hundreds of miles to go to these seminars and work unpaid under the assumption that i would get get the job and i didn't get the job you know they told me to take a break and come back and try again that's just how the internship works and i was frustrated and now three years later because of that moment and because i recognized in myself that i had an exponential amount of room to grow i had not really mastered anything that now i'm better than I ever could have been if I stayed on that path. If they gave me the job, I would have been stuck. Because of that failure, perceived failure, right? I saw it as an opportunity finally. That's when I changed, that's when I grew. And the white belt mentality, if you adopt this early, you're gonna see fulfillment before you see, That expectation that you call success, fulfillment is the thing that you're we're really chasing.
0: That's beautiful. Thanks. Very well. (laughs) Ron, is it uh, does it mean anything different for you?
1: So, I've uh, I've been involved with jujitsu since two thousand eight, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And, um, you know, I got to meet some amazing people because you know, that was, that was my before CrossFit experience. And that was my, I was all in, you know, I got to, I got to meet Eddie Bravo, Hoist Gracie, uh, Rodrigo Gracie, um, some big, uh, Matt, Sarah, some big time, some big time fighters, you know, cause I would go over to New Jersey to the amateur fights on a regular basis. And, the takeaway here with the white belt mentality for me is is you would regularly see uh Hoist Gracie training with his blue belt on. You know? Mm. Um it's uh he, and he's a he's a beyond black belt, you know? Like he's the man in, in oh, that gee. yeah, he's the he's the man in that realm. And and it's It's humility, it's being able to take a step back and admit that there's more. And should you find yourself in the possibility of reaching a ceiling, there's something new. There's something else. Like if you, let's say, you're Kirk Hammett and you can just shred on the guitar and you know, there might not be much more room for improvement on your art that you already have. Go learn to play the drums, go learn how to dance, go learn how to swim. Matt Frazier, was a national level Olympic weightliver, Olympic weightlifter. I'm gonna go learn this thing called CrossFit. He adapt. He adopted a white belt mentality. Became a beginner. It's that's what it is. It's about having the humility to become a beginner again.
0: are right, a willingness to to say that this could be better, something about this could be better, right, something about this experience, this life, and choosing to step into adversity. It's very uncomfortable. Hmm. How How do you reconcile the, I'm going to have to endure extreme amounts of discomfort, right now matt for for you you know uh years right of the of being the white belt and showing up and having the the poor experience how do you reconcile the this is really 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 gonna suck right now (laughs) but it's gonna be so worth it in one year two years ten years five years
2: Don't. (laughs) the The interesting thing is that the the outcome is not what I'm chasing. I've been told I should be leveled up, right? I should get a a blue belt at this point. That's the next step in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) What doesn't matter. It really, it really doesn't. Ron's had his blue belt in Brazilian Jitsu for 10 years. You think it matters? He's still going to kick my ass.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty rusty right now. You might have a chance. Uh, yeah. I've been
2: training a lot. So.
1: <laughs> and I haven't trained, I haven't trained since December. So, uh,
2: but that's the thing, like, and even in my workouts, I just did a workout before we got on this call, you know, my, my daily dose of intensity quality movement executed at a relative high intensity that's my my focus most of the time and i scaled the shit out of it used dumbbells instead of a barbell and i had the guys in the corner who are heavy hitter crossfitters that started five six seven years ago watching me and i'm just over here practicing what i preach and I walked away and said, Oh, that felt amazing. Let me go record a podcast. Now. I'm not even thinking about the next step. I'm thinking about the now what I'm what am I able to do today? Is there and I teach this a lot in when my coaching um, a lot with with my one on one clients, you know, you know, what's one thing we can focus on with your workout? What's one thing you can focus on when you go do that competition? Is it breathing? Is it, um, you know, hitting your target on a wall ball every time? Is it getting under to the barbell a little faster in your snatch every single time? And literally, don't think about anything else. And then when we're done, hey, good workout, cool. What's next? That's that's it. There's there's, I'm chasing the the experience and I'm chasing the the the, the opportunity to improve, and and knowing that there are going to be so many more doors opened if we if we if there's this outcome that we're expecting we place an expectation on it and when's the last time you you actually reached your (laughs) expectation you're going to fall a little short sometimes and that's that's fine that's the adversity that's that's the the setbacks that we we really want you look for and you get better at because of it you know down the road,
0: someone will just tell you, you got better. That's great. (laughs) That, that expectation and that expecting an outcome, right? I loved what you said is the, the outcome is not what I'm chasing. And I imagine people who get involved in, in fitness most of the time, um, in the very beginning, they see this as a linear thing, right? Like, here's where I'm at here's what I expect to accomplish in three months, six months, one year, right? And if there are slight deviations from that potential future outcome, they get some sort of like stirring within themselves that usually manifests itself as, oh, I'm, I'm fucking up, I'm screwing up, I'm not good enough, I guess I can't really do this because they are outcome focused rather than process focused, right? Goal oriented versus process oriented. Goals are very important, and you need to have them to help sustain. But if that becomes the only thing, right, and especially an arbitrary goal, like 10 pounds, what does that really mean? Does that mean looking better feeling better? Does that mean actually losing 10 pounds? Do you have 10 pounds to lose? How do you know? What's that going to cost? And what's it going to feel like to be there? What's that going to mean about you if you accomplish that thing? Rather than that's the only way, right? What, what has 2020 <laughs> was in a lot of people's opinion, a dumpster fire. <laughs> right, I don't know, that's...
1: man, it was great for me.
0: <laughs> I I thought 2020 was good as well. There was a lot of opportunity yeah. for people who had the uh, the mindset. Yes. People who look for that, look for opportunity. Yeah. What has, I mean, has anything how has the last year changed your guys' <clears throat> approach to fitness? Both of you still own CrossFit affiliates, yes? hmm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Yeah. Has anything changed for you over the last year? Are you operating in a different way? Are you, have you changed focus? Um, you know, what's 20, what's what's the, uh, the result of 2020? Now that my we're- fo-
1: My focus began to change before the pandemic. Mm. The pandemic- buried me for a couple weeks like literally put me into some some of the darkest places I've ever been in my entire life probably the darkest places I've ever been in my entire life even darker than the teenage emotional bullshit that I went through um and and honestly thanks to Matt and uh A couple buddies we started getting on zoom and having coffee every single morning and that was kind of what picked me back up a little bit and then and then we got to open our doors back up and things went back to normal relatively and then the whole George Floyd thing happened and did I start to see some people that I thought were one way completely show different sides of themselves that did not line up with my values whatsoever. Mm. And it was crazy how quickly those people exited from my life. I didn't remove any of them, but they exited Um, and and that was eye opening, and uh, I started working really hard on um, remote programming, and, and and I wasn't the full owner of Tried and True at the time. At this point, I started working really hard on PT and remote programming, and I got myself to a comfortable position. And then my partner at the time approached me. And asked me to buy her out. An overwhelming sense hit me that I was too comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I I said yes immediately, and I told myself that it was something that I never wanted. Like, like, and it was, it was, um, it was thoughtless. I didn't even have to like. It was just yes. Like, the words got out of her mouth, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want. This is what I want. And I immediately started, I, I, st- I, I put onto paper this vision that I've had for years, and now there's there's reality to it. Of, um, of Tried and True is going to become this hub for health, happiness, growth, and fun. And I, w- I am going to incorporate all of the things that I believe line up, at least in my personal life. And, um, and then... More people who didn't line up with the values began to exit. It was, it was, it was wild. And it wasn't until I took ownership and I put it out there, what I was going to do, what I am going to do. And you could just see, you could just see and feel that people didn't like it. And And and, you know, it's unfortunate because over time you care and you don't want to see people go. And at the same time, it's fortunate because you can't have people around that aren't bought in to what it is that you're trying to do. So yeah, that's how, that's how the pandemic and the events of the ridiculously crazy events of 2020, I don't like to, I don't like to blame the calendar year. I actually wrote about this um, a while ago about how, you know, if it, a lot of people, man, they, they see that calendar year changing and it's a great time for new beginnings, but if the mentality doesn't change, if you enter if you entered 2021 with a 2020 mentality, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck in that dumpster fire because that dumpster fire is in your head. And until you grow and take the steps that you need to take to actually make real change, it doesn't matter how many times you begin, it's not going to stick. So that's how COVID 2020 George Floyd affected me. And, and as far as my fitness goes, I had already taken steps back. You know, I hired, I hired an active life coach in April um, because I was tired of being in pain. And it is now almost a full year and I can now say that I have days where I feel like a normal human being. I have normal fitness soreness and not pain. Mm. And it's not 100% yet, but I am on the path to believe that it will be 100%, you know? And, And I've gotten to the point where I can do CrossFit workouts again at high intensity and have fun. Where for a long time, I was just doing it because I thought it was who I was. I figured this is what I have to do. This is who I am. I have to do CrossFit. It wasn't, I want to do CrossFit anymore. Now it's, now it's like, oh man, I'm running out of time. Am I going to be able to fit in this workout? Like I want to do this workout. It looks so fun. And that's it. I just, I want to be having fun. That's what, that's what changed for fitness for me. I wanted fitness to be the grown-up version of going outside and playing, and, and that's the same for jujitsu with me. With me. I, I I had to take a step back. Um, it was traveling to where I was training was eating up too much of my time, and training while in pain was taking the fun away from it for me. And it was actually the last time I was out to visit Matt was the last time that I trained. And it was such an incredible experience that I needed, I, I knew I needed to press the pause button to be able to create that experience where I'm at, where I live. And I wasn't going to be able to get that experience where I was going anymore. And I haven't been back since.
0: Do you think that a piece of that not able to get that experience involved, the frequency, doing it too much, too often, or was it just not the right atmosphere, environment?
1: 100% atmosphere and environment.
0: Got it. Um, One of the things that I picked up on in there and was the, I thought it was who I was.
1: It was my identity, man.
0: That's big, right, with when CrossFit, when a lot of us got really into CrossFit, it became, I am a CrossFitter. Yep. Very quickly. It went from, I do, I I go to CrossFit, to I do CrossFit, to I am a CrossFitter. This is who I am. And the decisions that we made were in alignment with that, regardless of whether my shoulder hurt, we were gonna do muscle-ups were programmed, So let's go, let's do that. Right. Uh, hard workout was the priority because the perception for that identity was that's just what we do.
1: How long long did you go without taking rest days or active recovery days when you first started doing CrossFit?
0: (laughs) I don't know. It was months. Yeah. Like back it was, you know, 13, 14. And, uh, active recovery days weren't a thing
1: if they were a thing they looked like they looked like a 5k run or a 20 minute row that we ended up picking up intensity on anyways
0: for sure i vividly remember being at our first spot our very first gym um in this had to be in 15 and uh, my active recovery day was a 10k row that was it yep It was insane. It was uh, the perception, right, was was broke because you were seeing all of these things. This was when Instagram was starting to kick off and Facebook, and <clears throat> um, the perception was that if you weren't doing that, somebody, else... yeah, exactly.
1: The comparison game ate us alive.
0: Yep. Um, Matt, thinking into, you know, over the last year, one of the things that I imagine has changed for you is introducing some of the, uh, some of the lessons, information, things learned from being a part of the active life pro path. And I'm interested to know, you know, if you have kind of a, a big takeaway that came from that for you.
2: From the pro path, in general? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, biggest, personally, we'll start with that, was that I had room to grow for sure. And I didn't have all the answers. And that I, in order to find the answers, I needed to ask better questions. And I needed to learn how to become a better leader and a better person. And that took me a little bit, and I'm working on it even now as we speak. And that's the journey, though. Specifically, with in regards to um, fitness um, at at the gym, we we worked we worked hard to educate ourselves a lot more on what's the what is the the long term goal that we have for people and for ourselves regarding their fitness and how can we help people understand that how can we help people see what you know where is this stuff going to take them in a few years i used to also work out far too much actually that's actually considering what Ron and I are doing now, this, the, the 75 hard challenge I've worked out more in the last 52 days than I have in the last three years (laughs) at the right intensity though. Um, I remember running my, the first CrossFit gym I was a member of, I ran there wearing a weighted vest It was six mile run. And then we, it was a one rep max deadlift that day. Wow. And I was training for the New York city marathon at the time. So I'm like, Oh, I need a longer workout. So let me do this. Jeez. And now I, and now I, you know, values are a big thing for me. I practice what I preach a lot. So I started taking classes around the time, you know, we started in the pro path. I would take my own classes, my, you know, with the other coaches and, and intentionally, modify and scale everything to meet my needs at the time you know i was in pain most of the time suffered injuries over the years had really poor stress management um, routines and i really embodied that road to hell motivation mentality and I knew that it was a problem. I knew that for a long time. And I, I was looking for the answers on how to change and, and going through the pro path, getting to know um, you guys, you know, you Cody and everyone else that was involved in, in cohort one. I realized like, hey, there's, there's people out there that are making the changes intentionally in their facility with the same people. Like we all have the same people in our gyms, right? The, the 10 to 15 heavy hitters. And then the, the other 95% that, uh, that are just here to, for a good time to work out and get good results. And we had to look inwardly and say, all right, what, what results do we want in five, 10, 15 years? And my mission changed from, I would, Hey, I was big on technique. My, my thing was, Hey, we're going to learn how to, had a snatch so well now it's did you have fun (laughs) are you going to do it again tomorrow are you coming back and and the mission now is to extend the life of the average gym membership which is 18 months across the board most people hold a gym membership whether it's planet fitness or equinox It's, it's uh about 18 months i want it to be five years because long-term, for, for where that fits into the whole um, future of fitness and future of the health care industry, if people, on average, committed more time to themselves in that way in, in, in fitness, it will correlate to a lot more long-term health benefits, reducing healthcare costs for people, reducing stress and anxiety, increasing productivity at work, increasing the, the fulfillment they have, people have with their spouses and their relationships. These are the things that I got and I recognized. So how could we, we build that? And I'm thinking big, I'm thinking much bigger than, than within the four walls of, of the gym. And and i wondered why do people leave the gym there's a couple of reasons one we forget people we forget about them how many how many people do we just ignore over the years or have we ignored over the years because they weren't rxing the workout or they weren't getting it and instead of asking why why don't they get it what do they need what are they dealing with at home that that's causing them to lose focus right now how can we help them with their focus how can we help them with their their goals. So we had to find a way that was better. We had to find a way that was more um, personal and more impactful for that long term, where yeah, people are spending anywhere from $200 a month to $1,000 a month at my gym. That, that person who's spending $1,000 a month here, their life is going to be so much more fulfilling in the next five years than they could imagine and they'll they'll act they'll probably make more money too it'll save them in the long run so so we're we're it'll being part of the pro path and and developing those tactical skills and then the more management type skills it helped me align and understand the vision a lot better of what we can really do for people and how that's going to affect um you know, the rest of the culture and the rest of society that we, we influence and we work with. And I, that's, that's really it. Um, it did honestly a year's worth of uh, material and content that we, that we absorbed. Uh, I'm going to, I'm still sifting through all of it and it's going to take me years to implement everything. Most of it, at least the stuff I agree with where Feel it would we benefit from, and and even that has been eye opening and life changing. Even that little portion, and it's a journey. Again, it's a process.
0: One of the one of the things I was very interested, and in, I'm glad that you that you brought up on this was the you know the average member at your gym could be anywhere between two hundred and thousand dollars a month, right? it provides the members of our gym who are going to uh, listen to this some perspective because we're in a small town, right? 12,000 people, median household income is about 35, 36,000. And our gym membership is far and away the most expensive in town. Mm-hmm. And I was, I looked up a, a statistic recently that I'm going to share with you guys because I think it provides a little bit of uh a little bit of context here is the average American adult spends $155 a month on their health and fitness and $530 a month on a new car. That is a manifestation of values, right? Health and fitness, that's gym membership, quality food, uh, some uh, massages, everything. All in that category, $530 a month. So three times as much on a new car. It's not a question of, oh, it's too expensive. Health and fitness. It's a question of what are your values?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it important for you to be the guy showing up in the new truck? So people can go, oh, he's really, he must be successful. Or is it showing up, being able to get out, play with your kids, ref the game, do all of the things that you want to do, go hiking, go do that Tough or that uh, Spartan race, whatever the thing is, live longer, happier, healthier. What you had mentioned was, you know, seeing a proof of concept and seeing it being done right? Seeing other gyms doing the things. Very selfishly, this podcast fulfills two needs for me, right? It allows me to introduce our community to all the dope people that I know. Because small towns, we get stuck in small circles, right? You get like, oh, well, you know, I would really like to do these things, expand in this way, learn this thing. But there's really nothing like that around here. And there's not really anybody around here who shares that value. So I guess that it must just not be right. And one of the things that 2020 presented for us was you can create these global networks. And like we talked about on your guys' podcast, if you're the average of the people that you spend the most time with, there's opportunity now, just like you, Matt and Ron, because you're in you know, Pennsylvania and New York. Right, Matt, you're in New York, yes? New York City, man. The city. There's opportunity <laughs> yes, to expand that, well, create a smaller circle that is more global. Surround yourself with the people that are doing the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be stuck. Choosing to make that, or I'm going to say that level up and choosing your opportunity, your fulfillment, the best life that you can lead is, is difficult. It's easy to get complacent. It's easy to get stuck. But as you guys have very clearly demonstrated on the episode today, it's doable. You have to take the action. Might not be perfect. It might not feel like, you know, I'm going to be able to do all of this right now. And you have to do it. Guys, if there's, if there's one thing that each of you would like to leave the people listening to this episode with something, reiteration of something what uh, what do you want to leave us with?
1: I got you. I'm going to reiterate right off of something that you just said. <clears throat> and I've said this a few times in my writings and stuff. Comfort is a hell of a drug. And so many people have no idea that they're addicted. If you really want to change your life, step into the discomfort.
0: Good luck following that one, Matt. <laughs>
2: The, the problem is Ron and I think similarly, similarly.
1: Is that a problem?
2: That's right. Actually, we, I, I believe that we think, um, congruently <laughs> we share a mind. My, I was going to quote the CrossFit level one. There's a great, um, port, part of, uh, one of the lectures. I remember, um, you are limited by the margins of your experience. Fucking get outside those margins. <laughs> get out of your comfort zone. Do the things that scare you more often. And hey, at least you realize why you don't like it. If you don't like it, um, you could have an honest opinion. You can have integrity if you try. So get out there and do the things that scare you, and you know, get more experience under your white belt.
0: Nice call back <laughs> guys. Where can, uh, where can people learn more about you? Follow you, check out what you're doing everywhere. Instagram <laughs> at
2: mine heart muscle. That's our, that's our handle. We post sometimes not enough. We will post more. And then uh, my gym thrive active is on Instagram. You can find that.
1: I am coach underscore Ron underscore white on Instagram. And, uh, recently just changed the handle. And uh, the facility that I run is tried period and true. uh, Sorry, tried period and period true underscore on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Men, I appreciate your time today. Everybody uh, leave us a comment, let us know what you think of the episode. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you all at the gym.